Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Today, we continue the conversation we started last week about young men and zeal. Young men need to have their zeal directed by older men, and one way to do that is by giving young men examples to follow. So today, we talk about the kind of man young, zealous men should aspire to be like. Now, before we get into our conversation, I want to remind you that we have the New Geneva Academy Shepherds Conference coming up very soon. Uh, The conference is called The Good Soldier, and it's going to be on October 6th and 7th here at Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. You can register by clicking on the link in the show notes or by going to newgenevaacademy.com. So please check it out. Please register. Please encourage your pastor, your elder, your deacon officer in the church to register and come. We'd love to see them there. So the conversation today is with Tim Bailey and Max Carell. My name is Lucas Weeks, and this is the Out of Our Minds podcast. When you think about talking to a young man, one of the things we've hit in this conversation is how easy it is for young men to get caught up in social media and the advertising that happens in the Christian world, the Reformed world. Okay, you say, you need to turn your attention away from that. And instead, we've talked about suffering. You blood. Need blood and suffering. Uh, you need to look to men who are willing to, without advertising their pain, are willing to suffer, who are willing to be bloody. And that's not necessarily easy to see, but I think it's helpful to tell young men this is what you're on the lookout for. What else would you say to young men if they're looking for men to emulate? What are they looking for? Well, one thing I would say to them is there's no fast track. I mm. mean, if there is a fast track to this kind of thing, it comes through such such difficulty mm. that you would call it frontline war. Yeah, There were guys on ships who were fighting in wars that jumped from being a uh, you know, a low level officer all the way up to something. And it's because it was intense. Yeah. 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 So you had a battle promotion and, but that comes with its associated cost cost and, and cost. But when you take young men and they, you look at them and I often say to young men, just keep your mouth shut for five years Mm -hmm. and, and wait and just take responsibility for five years. You think about some guy and he wants to be, he wants to speak to the tyrants. He wants to deal with the government. Okay, what have you ever done to serve your community? And mm. as a citizen, what have you, what responsibility <laughs> have you ever taken for the street and the, the garbage collection? And, you know, if you sat on the, the most uh, humble of all mm. committees in the city, Mm. and actually lived through that nasty process of going to those meetings and taking responsibility for that simple little thing, then maybe you'll have some ability to go on to the next level and Mm. and try to deal with something. But if you have no responsibility for any of those things, what good are you? Yeah. Why why do you think that you're going to... Yeah, why do you think you're going to make a difference going down there and shaking your fist at somebody? Mm-hmm. Origin, when he was young, his father was arrested and almost certainly would be martyred and was shortly after. And Origin was about 15 years old, and he wanted to go after his father and die with his father. Mm. And his mother hid his clothes. <laughs> and he said, where are they? Because he had his night clothes on and he wasn't going to leave the house in those and his mother said well i gave them to your uncle 
and they're not coming back until basically until you're going to listen to us and you will not go out and try to die with your father. Okay. And, you know, you can look at that as being demeaning to a young man becoming a man because his mother's the one that says no to him and stuff. But young men, especially today when everybody's effeminate, everybody's gay, soft, young men so easily have their heads turned by lies, by, by deceptions. For instance, bling. And, you know, there can be jewelry that's bling. There can be cars that are bling. There can also be biceps that are bling. Mm -hmm. There can also be belligerating that's bling. All through COVID, there are a whole bunch of Christians that made a name for themselves by saying how stupid all the civil magistrates were, okay? Protesting them, yelling about them, you know, just on and on and on, you know? That's bling. What's the difference between belligerating and fighting, though? I mean, they would probably say that they were actually fighting for that cause. So what's the difference? Well, yeah, and guys that pump iron say that they believe that a man should be strong. Mm. I mean, we all have explanations and justifications for what we do. That's why I love that quote. All an Englishman's preferences are a matter of principle. Yeah. We have to be able to be suspicious of ourselves. One of the things you said, how, how does a young man see who he should follow and who he shouldn't? Mm -hmm. One of the things I would say is watch a man's eyes, whether he undresses women. It's not that hard to say. Mm -hmm. Another thing is watch a man to see whether he does the very thing that you wouldn't want to do if you were in his place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that might be a guy that would be helpful if, if he actually serves his wife and speaks respectfully to her when you've grown up in a home where your father treats his wife like, a, like, like dirt. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is watch the older men of your church talk to that man mm -hmm. and watch and see if the older men of the church give that man eye contact. Watch and see whether the church votes for him to be an elder and if so what are the proportion of the votes hmm. you know we always have some men that don't quite get as good a vote right. as other men do especially watch the character of his children i think there is no better way of knowing whether a man should be given your trust as a young man than seeing if their his children admire and love and obey him Hmm. respect him yeah and of course these things scripture says but i do think that we have to be aware of how much what the western world is decadent and deals in trivialities and superficialities hmm. our young men have to be taught that overarching truth in order to even see what's going on in their lives with the men that they look to and how do you get young men to see how superficial and trivial and blingish and glamorish and gay our world is? It's very difficult to do that. And I don't blame them for immediately wanting to go and pump iron mm. because it's like, let me do something, you know. But what is really difficult is not pumping iron. I mean, when, you know, when I was in college, I pumped iron, okay? And, oh, I was so proud. Oh, my goodness. It's just like, because, you know, you can get better, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just a matter of physical work. But what 
happened recently is I had an older man that I really respect who I thought would be appointed to uh, the Committee on Revoice of the PCA. I, I thought he'd be appointed. He wasn't. And that surprised me. But anyhow, I called him up and I said, listen, I said, I think you're going to be asked. And I said, I think you should serve, but I want you to know one thing. If you do get appointed to a committee of General Assembly, a study committee, do not underestimate the terrible suffering and difficulties and temptations you will face on that committee. Mm. Now, you want to talk about something that is extremely difficult work. It is being in the legislature. It is being on the county council. It is being in the elders board. It is working with people whose approval you want, mm. who are hell-bent to do the opposite of what should be done. And you just try to stand against them calmly in a way that doesn't make them just shoot you. Mm -hmm. It makes them love you as you stand. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to raise these young, young men to do. Mm. And they're not capable of it for years mm. because I've noticed a lot of the people that read me, they can't even stand against their own wives. Right. And they right. blame their wives for that. Yeah. And it's like, can we, the three of us, look at each other and be truthful just for a second, okay? Okay. Just for a second, though. Just for a second. How easy has it been for the three of us to lead our wives? I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> That's a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do I ask that? I mean, do you understand why I'm asking it? A lot of these yeah, guys are getting well, married. And you just, you know, the very guys that are like, I'm so, going <laughs> to. So, you know, in your question, the, the listener might think that that what you're saying is that our wives are especially maybe difficult or rebellious or something like that. But I don't even think that's true. No, 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 it's, no, no. What you're really highlighting is that it's just really difficult for a man to lead his wife. It's just excruciatingly difficult. Rega you know, you could have Adam failed in the state of perfection. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But, you know, a man can have a wife who is difficult in that particular way, maybe is rebellious or, or just proud or whatever, unwilling to be led. Or just beautiful, and he wants her approval right. and wants to listen to her. And so maybe that kind of woman is really strong. But maybe you have a wife who's weak. It's difficult to bend down and try to help somebody and engage with them. Men want to understand themselves. They don't want to understand women. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to live with a woman in an understanding way because it requires you to get out of your own skin. Yeah. You can play video games and you can be homosexual and just have sex with a man. It's so easy mm. because you both want to copulate and then it's over. There's no cuddling. There's no requirement to get to know the opposite principle that God's created. Mm -hmm. And so when you yeah, say lower yourself, thing. I'm uncomfortable with the image right. that we. it's no bless oblige, you know. But on the other hand, it is to step outside of yourself That's right. and to deign to pay attention to the lovely lady. All right. But it's also just simply a point of obedience and a point of responsibility. You got a wife, you're the lover. Mm -hmm. And so you, what do men want to do? Well, we don't want to do what we're supposed to do. We want to abdicate. We want, and so the temptation is in our hearts 
to, to not do the things that we're responsible to do. What I think I have always wanted to do to my wife is to make her a man. Mm. Independent. Not needing emotional care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Work hard. Be able to brag about her work. I remember reading somebody about 15 years ago that said he was the kind of man that would always, his highest compliment to his wife was how hard a worker she was. And I, I thought, I have met the enemy and, <laughs> and he be me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so this is, I mean, what we're talking about here is an example of a place where young men, it's like they, they spit on, or they maybe they don't spit on it. They don't even acknowledge that this is an immense amount of work, very difficult, very costly for a man to do well, and to, it's to very, love his wife well. Well, and it's foundational to anything else he would do. Yeah. In yeah. other words, we deal with the things at the close, closest to us that we are responsible for. Mm-hmm. And if we fail at the things closest to us, what makes us think we're going to be successful at the next layer out and the yeah. next one and the next one and the next one? In other words, you can't be the elder in God's church if you're not, you can't be the father in God's church if you're not the elder and father at home. And so, you know, that makes me think of a guy like Bill Gates, right? His marriage has fallen apart. But, yeah, but did you see the news came out today that out in, I can't remember the name of it, but anyhow, they all get together, all the tech titans. Yeah. And he just basically said to the people there, it was my failure. I know people are not going to like this, but I like that. What I was about to say is that it's very possible to have a guy who's very successful in one area, but then is unsuccessful in the the first level that you were referring to, Max, just a second ago. And that can be confusing for the onlooker. Yeah, but but I'm specifically talking to the our responsibilities for Christian men. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at what level do you want Bill Gates? Well, you you want him to have a well, but he is he is incredibly influential and he's incredibly powerful and he's incredibly wealthy. But do you want him as the father of a home? Do you want him as the father in a church? Yes. Do you want him as a father in the government? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You see no, what I mean? No. I mean, we're really talking about what we're responsible to pastor people in. I'm not saying that no one's responsible for it. You know, it's interesting in our church, Mary Lee and I have talked, and maybe I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but we've talked about the fact that some of the most masculine, decisive, uh, intimidating, faithful men in our churches have been the ones that have most failed in raising their children, and specifically their sons. And so you bring up the issue of uh, Bill Gates. I have been writing recently a little bit about uh, Elon Musk. Mm. And no, the reason I said I like that is because I'm imputing to it an understanding that I have that I assume he has, which is... It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter what code you've written. It doesn't matter how many men you send into space and women. Mm. It doesn't matter if your marriage has failed and you have abandoned the mother of your children and therefore have abandoned your children. Listen, I keep saying the principle of government is subsidiarity. Mm. It is the most helpful thing for Christians to remember that God says that judgment begins in the house of God. Hmm. It does not begin in D.C. It doesn't begin at the courthouse. It doesn't begin at the church next door, which is Campbellite. It begins here with me. And the judgment in the church begins with 
my home mm. and my children. And what I'm saying when you deal with young men is those men need to know it's better to marry than to burn. Well, that's not real glamorous and romantic. Hmm. No. I mean, I hope I have a better reason to get married than I'm burning. No, no, no. Actually, if you marry because you're burning, that's godliness. Yeah. That's godliness. Well done, you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you marry, you're to love. For the first year, you're to give her happiness. That's what the Old Testament says. Okay. <laughs> you must be a theonomist. Yeah, I am a theonomist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not, but can we please have the Old Testament? I mean, do I really have to <laughs> like you. cut the Bible? And <laughs> Okay. So then you have a child. Will you read the Bible to your child? Will you discipline your child so the child doesn't lie in bed screaming Mm. and ruining the entire evening for his parents? Mm -hmm. Will you train the child to fear God? Will you be the child's friend or father? And I can go on and on and on. These young men that look at the bling of belligerators making podcasts and sending you emails every day telling you to sign up for their conferences, okay? Those people are not to turn our heads away from it's better to marry than to burn. Shut down your video games. Stop looking at naked flesh. Love your wife. Discipline your children. Serve the church by getting under the ZTR, So, for heaven's sake, so that Pastor Bailey and Pastor Corral don't have to be under the ZTR. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, godliness is so insignificant and small, and it's so easy to despise true godliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so easy to want to make the big show, you know, to be the 12-inch bomb on the 4th of July, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the sparkler. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that because character is what God builds because character is sanctification. And God is not interested in using self-promoters to build his kingdom. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't do it. I've watched this my whole life of all these famous evangelical leaders promoting themselves. I remember, I'll tell you one story. I remember one day, Dad Taylor, Ken Taylor, Living Bible, New Living Translation, Tyndale House, on and on. Bible and Pictures for Little Eyes, Romans for the Children's Hour. I remember, and Dad was humble. Mm. He was humble and meek. (laughs) He was a wonderful, godly man, and he was a prayer warrior. I could keep going on about Dad. I remember when Mary Lee and I were first married, he was having to deal with the fact that he'd taken all his tens and fifties of millions of dollars and given it away for Bibles to be translated around the world. Mm. And so he basically bankrupted Tyndale House. Hmm. He'd used all the profits from one of the largest selling books in the world at the time, you know, and he'd just given it away, you know. (laughs) And poor Mark had to come into Tyndale House and Mom Taylor was accounts payable. And she'd come home and cry. I'd be in the kitchen. She'd say, I didn't have any money to give her accounts payable. And Mark was supposed to come in and save the company. And by God's grace, he did, you know? Mm. And I remember one day coming home. He's humble, he's meek, he's generous. And I come home one day and I find that dad has sitting on the kitchen table 
about a, oh, I think I want to say 18 to 24 inch tall and probably about a 15 inch wide. Unbelievably beautiful brochure. Hmm. Beautiful. It has like 30 pages. The, the weight of the cover is like the, the most beautiful cotton, heavy card stock, but laid beautiful paper in the world. The design is beautiful. The pages inside, everything about it is just absolutely gorgeous. And I picked the thing up and what it is, this is a brochure that Bill Bright and Campus Crusade have put together to raise money. Mm. And they have a new capital campaign, mm -hmm. all right? And they have pulled out every stop in order to reach the rich people and the influential people with their desire for money, mm. okay? And I open it up and I read, one of it is a picture of this hall of fame or whatever it is and how they're going to have people that have given $250,000 or more with their picture and their name around this beautiful hall, maybe out in Arrowhead Springs or wherever their headquarters were at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and they have just the most beautiful colors and design and paper and, and the most beautiful fonts and the, and it's just glorious. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at dad and I'm looking at this brochure and I'm thinking, what on earth? <laughs> Has this man lost his mind? Yep. You know? Yep. I say, Dad, where did you get this? And he said, well, I, I, I met with Bill Bright and a couple of his guys because I need to raise money for the Living Bibles International, you know, and I, I'm, I'm getting advice to them as to how he'd given away all this money. Now he had to raise money. He, uh, so he goes to Bill Bright because, of course, Bill Bright knew, you know, H. Ross Perot and Nelson Bunker Hunt and the Hunt brothers and sisters and Bill Bright raised money, you yeah, know. Yeah. Okay, now listen. As I looked through that brochure, I found one place where it said, this campaign is not for the widow's might. <laughs> they actually said that. And I read it to dad, and I mean, you could tell that I had struck a blow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the godlessness of that statement. Mm -hmm. The godlessness. Yeah. This is what we have to teach young men. Hmm. You can have, you can pump iron, you can protest, you can even paint the abortuary and smash the computers. You can, I mean, all the things that guys want to do. You can go up to the state house and talk some legislator into filing a bill, and then you can try to walk it through committee, and you can get. The, the God, you can do everything you want to do, mm -hmm. but if you do not have character that is godly and you do not do the little things and you do not die to yourself as a part of growing in leadership, you'll never be a leader. You'll never be a leader. And I look at all the years that Bill Bright and his campus crusade sold themselves as being the largest Christian mission in the world. That's always their byline. We're the largest Christian mission in the world. I don't give you a plug nickel for campus crusade. Hmm. I don't give you a plug nickel for it. It has been responsible for many people who have been in our church coming to faith. 
And so why would I say I don't give you a plug nickel? Well, because their identity is an identity of success. And I look at their fruit as being an accident, despite their pride, their wealth, the way they raise money, their egotism. Mm. I look at God using them as he used Balaam's ass. Mm -hmm. Mm. And yet many evangelicals would say it was precisely because of their pride, their self-promotion, their big brochures. That's the reason God used them the way he did, but it's not. And that's the kind of bling that, that these young men will like. You know, I think one, there's one other thing that should be addressed. What is in it for older men who remove the bit and the bridle from young mm. men with zeal? Well, they get to be lazy. But it's beyond that, I think. I think older men want to feel like they're at the center of the action. Huh, that's interesting. Like the, um, like the prophet in the case of Micaiah in the Old Testament, the one prophet who's speaking on behalf of all the other prophets who've, who've prophesied the false testimony. He was the speaker, and it really made him angry that Micaiah came along and said, that's not what's going to happen. And he said, who took the spirit from me and gave it to you? Hmm. Remember, I can't remember exactly what he said. And it was like, obvious that he was angry that he was uh, Micaiah he was not the guy anymore well but oddly enough it wasn't because he didn't have leadership of the majority hmm. he still had leadership of the majority it's that oh, what what dethroned him was that everyone present knew that Micaiah was the one man who said the truth mm-hmm. and that dethroned him from his position and he was furious about it Hmm. everybody know you know that's another thing answering your question a little bit ago that's another thing listen to the man that you know speaks the truth and everything yeah. don't listen to the cat calls he gets mm. listen to what he says and if it's truth don't let the negative responses throw you off the scent mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. because I mean, life is filled with occasions like that where you know Micaiah is the one that speaks the truth. Mm. And he didn't win any gold medals for doing it. Well, just thinking about <laughs> just think about Ahab. What does Ahab say about him? Ahab says I never He never says anything yeah. good. <laughs> and and I you know why you know why he never said anything good? Because there wasn't anything good to say. <laughs> and what God's message to Ahab was was always stop it. Stop it. I really think two other things about this subject of young men and zeal. One of them is that young men should also watch pastors who, if and elders who, if they drop dead, steady as she goes. Hmm. Men need to look at works and judge them for whether they are man-centric mm. or whether they're God-centric. And the perfect way of knowing that is whether this man presents himself as indispensable and the only one that can do it right. Yeah. I'll never forget when John Piper began to have satellite churches where he would be on the video screen. Mm. What on earth, after this number of years of hegemony in the Twin Cities, you don't have men that you can put leading those churches? You're the one that has to preach? It's just awful. Mm. And so that's another thing is, you don't want to follow leaders 
who don't have other men that would step immediately into the traces and pull the wagon. Mm. And you can tell that with elders and pastors in a church. Mm -hmm. You can see whether or not the men that are working together are men who can handle the death of one of them. And we've gone through that in this past year, you know? And, oh, we miss Adam. Mm. But look at all the men that have stepped up. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's visible. It's so visible. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing is don't trust a man who he's the one that has to do it. All right. Yeah. The second thing is um, always be aware of uh, whether or not a man is willing, I want to say admit his sins, but that sounds cheap. You want to grow with a man who obviously, and I don't know how to put it. Has self-knowledge. Yeah. And, and, is, and has honesty to you. Is vulnerable. You don't yeah, have to, but, but you that don't sounds so awful. It's vulnerable. Well, oh my but, goodness! Yeah, it's not. But but, but there's really, truth. It, vulnerable. I mean, you. There's a vulnerability that we have when we confess our sins to one another. There is a vulnerability that we have when we ask for forgiveness of one another, and that vulnerability is godly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, it is vulnerability. I think young men need to know we love you. And we want your zeal. We need your zeal. Yeah, the church true. needs your zeal. Yeah. But it's going to be years before you've learned not to play video games mm-hmm. and to love a woman mm-hmm. and to discipline children and to be affectionate and to honor the elders. And in God's time, the church will look to you to be their nursing father. But don't circumvent the painful process of that happening. Mm -hmm. The highest goal is not for you to be a leader in the world. The highest goal is for you to be Peter, who tends the sheep. If you're a young man and you've listened this far, I hope you realize that we need you. We need your strength and your energy and your zeal. And so be patient. God will reward your humility as you train for the work of caring for other people. And if you're an old man, we need you too. We need you to keep at it with the young guns. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Thanks again for listening. My name is Lucas Weeks, and our conversation today was with Tim Bailey and Max Carell. We serve as pastors at Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. For more great content, please visit warhornmedia.com. To support this podcast, you can donate at patreon.com slash out of our minds. And don't forget to register for the Shepherds Conference, October 6th and 7th. See you there. Bye for now.